Hey, I'm your host, Matt Stauffer, and this is episode 23 of the 5-Minute Geek Show, a twice-weekly show about development and everything around it. It's one topic per episode about front-end, back-end, mobile, project management, design, entrepreneurship, whatever. If it's geeky, it fits. Today, we're going to be talking about contributing to open source. I actually have my colleague, Jameson Valenta, in the office with me. He lives in Baltimore, but he's in town for today. So I actually have interpersonal interaction with a real physical human being during the day, and he suggested I talk about open source. So I'm going to do that for just a minute. So... A lot of us have the value for open source, right? We get free software, so there's this business value. You can use stuff that other people have tested. So it's not just free, but it's tested by a lot of people. And if other people find bugs, they get the bugs out and they pull requests and fix them and all kind of stuff. That's great. But what if you have been using a lot of open source and you want to actually contribute? You want to give back? There's two primarily ways to do that. One of them is, well, maybe three. One of them is, you know, rating it and starring it and sharing it so that it succeeds. Because you can say, well, it's open source. Why does it matter if it succeeds? Well, to be very honest, if you release something open source, you probably want it to do well. And if it doesn't do well, it could maybe feel like you wasted a little bit of your time. Not your time writing it, because you're probably using it, but the time that it took to abstract it out to something that other people could use, the time it took to write the docs, all that kind of stuff. So one is just sharing it. Um, two is donating. Do you use something like GitTip or something like that to give some money back to those folks who have spent all this time doing it? But three, especially if you're a developer, you can actually write code. So there's a couple different ways for you to contribute back to an open source project. The primary one is to identify the issues that people in the project have already identified. So not identified them, but to find them and to work towards solving them. So if you go to the GitHub issues of any open source project, if the open source project is not in GitHub, you might want a little bit reconsider your investment involvement there because it means it's pretty out of touch. And, I, and some people might hate me for saying that, but I'm not trying to deal with Bitbucket or anything like that right now. So go to the GitHub issues for the project or whatever else they're storing, the things that they're they're considering tasks to move forward with, especially bigger projects like an entire language. language. They might not be using GitHub because it doesn't make sense in that context, but especially for libraries and frameworks and plugins and that kind of stuff it's going to probably live in github it's probably going to use github issues for where it's tracking the work to be done and it might track it somewhere else but figure out where they're tracking the work to be done and especially if you can contact the folks who run this and say hey i'm a noob i don't know this project very well i don't know this language very well where are the kind of easy pickings for me and often that has to do with documentation or tests or something like that. Find what you know, find what is kind of easy for someone to dive into, or or especially if you're using this project somewhere, find something you have a lot of experience with. For example, if you're dealing with something that has to do with connecting to GitHub and you're using, and you're using it in one particular way, go into the code for that and see, can you refactor something? Can you clean it up? Can you write a new test there that makes it you know, work in a way that you are able to accidentally break it another time or something like that? Or, or write documentation. Did you take two hours to figure something out because there was no particular use case for that in documentation? Okay, go write that. So basically what it looks like is before you spend five weeks uh, you know, writing some massive refactor of the thing, you submit a pull request to it and you decide and you realize that they don't actually want it. Identify where the folks who are running the project have pointed out that there's issues. Or if you found it and you're not seeing them mention it, go in and propose it. Create an issue and say, hey, the docs are missing this or there's no test for this. I would love to write it, but I want to make sure that's on your plate. You know, that's something you guys are interested in. Is it? Is it not? Okay. And wait for them to respond. Um, so that's one piece. Additional pieces, when you are writing pull requests, and if you're not familiar with pull requests, it's basically aware where you split off a code. So you fork it, you make changes, and then you submit like a diff, a, a, a 
they, you know, compares their version with your version. It shows all the changes. You say, hi, I, I request that you merge these changes into the project. And so especially in GitHub, they're going to get a really nice user interface that shows them all the changes. But you're also able not just to show your changes, but you're able to, to title the pull request and you can do comments like a whole body of what changed. Um, writing those pull requests well is vital. What you want to do in writing a good pull request is make it as easy as possible for the reviewers to understand what it's doing and how to test it. This is vital. And this is not just an open source. This isn't anything. Write a pull request that tells you everything. And I actually just wrote a pull request that was trying to do this um, for Laravel. I'll put in the show notes, but it was for the Laravel.com website. And I was trying to do a pull request to add search to the documentation. And so I could have just submitted the code and someone could look through it and said, well, I've got to install Elasticsearch. I've got to figure out how to index and all that stuff. So I said, how can I take it? How could I take the pain out of the hands of the person who is reviewing this? So I wrote a step-by-step guide for how to install it on various servers. And then I also showed a uh, graphic. I pasted a graphic, a screenshot of what it looks like. And then finally, I actually put it live on one of my servers. And I don't always do this, but this particular case I did uh, on one of my servers in a dummy URL and said, you can actually go check out what it looks like to run it here. Now, that's a little bit overkill in the putting your own server, but sometimes it's valuable. But what I did was I took as much of the pain as possible. Or if it's a bug, you write a test to show that the bug was happening and no longer is. Or, you know, if it's uh, this thing referenced that wrong, well, don't just fix it. Paste a link to the thing that's referencing so that they can quickly see, oh, that thing was referencing it wrong because the parameter order switched when they bumped versions of the thing, the code it's consuming, whatever. But basically, imagine yourself being really busy, having a full-time job, having a family, having a ton of pull requests to review, and then say, what what would make my life easiest in reviewing this? Because that all not only is it good to do that as a nice person, but that also is what's going to make it most likely to get your pull requests reviewed. So basically, what we just discovered is you can promote your project, you can share your product or you can pay for your you know pay money for your project and you can actually contribute to it and when you contribute to it you want to identify what are the things they actually care about happening um, and then write pull requests and write the pull request in a way where it makes life as easy as possible for the person who's reviewing it so that's it i hope this helps thanks for listening to the five minute geek show we're at five minute geek show on twitter the number five five minute geek show.com f-i-v-e and you you can subscribe to us this part is so hard to say i don't know why you can subscribe to us on itunes or via rss and if you like the show you should share it with your friends rate it on itunes all that kind of great stuff thank you so much until next time this is matt stauffer five minute geek show five minute five minute <laughs> say five minute five minute geek show you gonna say geek show? Geek show. Good job. Say five minute geek show.